And I just realized that for the first spill of that, I was completely on mute. So I'm going to run that completely back. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Country Family Podcast. Actually, my name is Clue the Motherfucking Don. And I am here with another episode. And this is actually um, one of my first uh, times actually going to be interviewing a musician. He has been on some amazing, crazy tracks. I mean, literally looking at this cat's resume is going to definitely surprise a lot of people out here so i definitely appreciate everybody coming in and for tapping in so without further ado i'm going to be introducing this gentleman to the stage mr octavio in santos what's going on sir? hey clue good to be here good to be here thank you for having me hey man i really appreciate you coming on to the show man it's, it's definitely been um it's, it's been awesome being able to get you on here man you've you've been uh you know since i asked you were just like yeah man let's do it and i mean it's it's rare that i get to do these kinds of um in conversations, especially since, you know, I hide behind the background. I usually am working with the producer. So uh, yeah. the musician usually doesn't get, um, you know, get heard in terms of, I mean, I get my acclaim here and there, but it's not like, mm -hmm. you know, the producer definitely gets noticed, especially the artist, right? So, exactly. I mean, I, I stay in the background and I'm okay with that. I'm not like looking to be in the spotlight, but, yeah. you know, it's good to be recognized for the work that I do and, you know, you're the one that shouted me out on Twitter. You're like, I got to get you on here. And I said, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Hey, definitely, man. Yeah, it's been it's, it's been 100 since the beginning, man. And like I said, I appreciate you coming on. And with that, I have a very, very important question. I think this question is going to be very unique coming from you. So I okay. asked all my artists or all my guests, excuse me, that mm -hmm. come on to the show. What was the first song that you listened to when you woke up this morning? So the first song I listened to was uh, the track Ready for Love for uh from um lucky day yes that's yeah. man that that's man that's a good track that's yeah. have, you, have you heard his new album so the new album the reason why i went back to listen to painted because i just wanted to see the progression from where he is now because i really like uh candy drip it's a really mm -hmm. good album but i really like a lot of the songs on um that's that first album really resonated with me yeah uh you know ready for love call um yeah. uh was, was uh, it uh the, the uh, one with baby face uh on the deluxe like yes the, uh, i know it's what you were talking about i know it's what yeah. you're talking about um mm -hmm. Love mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> last night should have been with me babe yeah that that, one, hey that joke was so hard man it is so hard that was yeah. hot that, that was hot so yeah and and the thing is with ready for love too it's got a really dope string arrangement on it and I'm, and I'm a sucker for strings, even though yeah. I'm a Horn Ranger, I love strings. And so Ready for Love, especially when they extended it on the deluxe, I was like, man, this is some good stuff. For so, sure. Yeah. I was I was glad that they did that, too, because I feel like because the, the first one was on like maybe like seven or eight tracks. And I think they like went a little bit further mm -hmm. um, with the deluxe. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. So so with that, before we get into I mean, there is so much we have to talk about. And you have such an expansive resume of music that you have you know blessed your horns on and so with with before we even get to that let's just start from the beginning like tell me about you know your upbringing tell me about you know say your childhood and you know the first time that you picked up a horn um so i mean growing up my diet of music was just steady classical music and jazz so um it would be playing in the background my dad's records it would be playing um and as well as cds and the first time I picked up a horn was in elementary school in uh, grade seven. Actually, I wasn't even supposed to be a trumpet. Um, I really wanted to play the saxophone because mm -hmm. David Sanborn, Kirk Whalem, like those cats are like, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, those guys are my favorite saxophone players. Um, you know, Maceo Parker, all that. Um, and so they gave me the trumpet, even though I asked for my first selection to be the alto sax, the second to be tenor sax, and trumpet was my third. Mm. And when I got my trumpet, I was so disappointed. I'm like, man, like, why well, didn't want this? But then I got my first note out of everybody in my class. Like, I got my first, I think it's a C or G note that, so I was like, okay, cool. Like, I got one <laughs> note, maybe I'll stick with it. Like, everybody else is struggling, and yeah, my note sounded pretty, pretty good. So, you know, I, I steadily, steadily fell in love with the instrument and um, yeah, I, I stuck with it. That's what's up. Okay. All right. Yeah. So what were some of the, uh, what were some of the things I know you said that, you know, classical um, music, was it, so was it something that you were kind of hearing around the house? Was it something that you kind of picked up in your, you know, your neighborhood? Um, yeah. You know, what... yeah. Yeah. It's um like, there was an extensive CD collection at home and yeah. So it was like, you know, um, just a whole host of classical composers mm. that were being played, but as well as like jazz, like Earl Clue, George Benson, uh, like I said, Kirk Whale and David Sanborn, mm. um, you know, a whole host of, of jazz cats. And that was pretty much my steady diet of music. And I only expanded to listening to hip hop, R&B and all that stuff because I had a, a classmate in high school who introduced me to that stuff. And we, he would lend me CDs um, but I also had a, a grade 11 English teacher who was who thought of me as a music guru because I would always hook her up with dope CDs and she would um, trade with me stuff in her collection. And and then one time she was borrowing uh, some hip hop albums through another student of hers. And I saw it lying on her desk and I said, what's this? And it was a copy of The Roots is Phrenology. And I was like, what is this? And then she said, oh, yeah, um, I'm borrowing this off of... Uh, I forgot it was, I think his name was Brendan. Yeah, Brendan Thomas. He was borrowing at the time. So he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm borrowing it, but if, if you want to borrow it, so it's kind of like, <laughs> it's like borrow, borrow, borrow. borrow. Um, yeah, and uh, and from there, I listened to it. And it was so different because, like, I, I wasn't really introduced to hip-hop until then. But Phrenology is a rocked-out album, especially right yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. When it first starts, you, you hear that, you hear that, uh, that, full of exclamation marks that that second track like this like da, 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 yeah. i was just like what is this and then it, and it goes into like um uh what you might call it the uh, sacrifice with nelly Furtado. yeah but then also it was rock you too right before that right after the french row it's like so it was kind of it was kind of like that smooth mix between it was it was a it was a it was a was it so you said that would that be your first introduction to hip-hop did it uh did you stay on that path as far as trying to find similar music to that or did it just completely open your mind you're just like i gotta figure out more yeah so basically i started going backwards because i was i was picking up records that were that were current but then i didn't have any reference to their back catalog so if i heard the roots i would go back and listen to previous roots records mm -hmm. when, I, when i heard brian mcknight i went back to his previous catalog boys to men i went to previous catalog so sure. um it was it was there and then there was a dj by the name of giles peterson um, in the UK. And if you've ever heard of him, he does BBC Radio 6 um, in the UK. Okay? He's got all worldwide. And people look at him as like the Jesus of DJs because he has an extensive knowledge of music and he connects the dots all over the world. And that's why he calls it worldwide because it's like you can listen to Japanese hip hop and then go to like jazz from Croatia and then, you know, Latin music from Colombia and then wow. hip hop from the States. So he really meshes everything together and he's considered a taste maker and so i discovered a lot of new music from him um which in turn led me to you know collaborate with certain people because i reached out to them back in the day with myspace yeah. and and just regular email and whatnot so 
you know, I really look to him for inspiration because he inspires a lot of people um, with his, you know, he'll turn people on to really good music that you've never mm -hmm. heard of before. And I'm just like, whoa. And so when I had a radio station, I patterned my music based on the stuff that he played. And I called it the vibrasonic experiment where I was just, um, you know, people were playing foosball out in the, in the student center in, our, in my university. And I would be playing tracks that were like, not what's current, but like stuff just all over the place. It was a, it okay. was a, it was a mix of stuff, but it still sounded dope, right? Like I'd be playing Thai tribut and it was like gospel. But then after that, I'd be playing like Japanese jazz, which uh, Japanese jazz or Japanese hip hop. And with the lyrics of Japanese, I don't understand Japanese, but the production is really dope. It's amazing. So, yeah. Some of the best production out there. Yeah. And then I'll play stuff from Italy, like jazz from Italy. And then I'll move over to like broken beat from the UK. So I almost had like a worldwide show, but it was called the Vibersonic Experiment. And then, you know, I just, you know, with that, I, uh, with my knowledge of music that I've garnered digging as well, um, some of them, I got a chance to reach out to them yeah. and actually work with them. So it was, it was really, really cool. So, so kind of diving into that, you know, tell me, tell me about some of your experiences. Cause, um, cause I, you know, if anybody doesn't know, you know, you're from Toronto or, or a city near Toronto. Canada. Yeah. So, so Toronto. Yeah. I mean, if you want to generalize it, I'm from Toronto, but I'm in a city called Mississauga, which is a, a more quieter spot. Um, if I want the noise, I come down to Toronto. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the concerts and performances happen in Toronto, but in Mississauga, um, it's a lot more quieter and, yeah. you know, uh, it, but it, it's dope. And I like quiet when I need it. And then when I need the noise, I, I come down to, to the city, you know. For sure. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. And, and and tell me tell me how that works. So, you know, you coming down to a show, you know, guy from Toronto, he's, you know, the artist coming to the area, say an American artist is coming to the area for a show. And mm -hmm. you're trying to approach them. Like, tell me one of your stories as, as far as trying to um, approach an artist, you know, because you, you, you know, we talked offline and you have some amazing <laughs> stories. You could just literally just pick one out the hat and just, you know, go from there. Uh, well, the thing is, uh, I'm not shy. So I like to introduce myself, um, not just as a fan, but as a colleague, because obviously I play trumpet. Um, so when I come up to them, I let them know that I do play the instrument if they ever need me on something uh, to give me a shout. Right. And um one of the and, and for me when when artists first of all uh, I I hit them up on social media or I already have a facilitated network with them on social media and when they're coming to Toronto or find out they're coming to Toronto I let them know well you know since, since you're coming to my city I'm definitely going to say hi and uh, we're going to definitely going to kick it and grab some food because yeah. food and music go together um, I find that and if I'm facilitating a friendship or a working relationship with an artist that's visiting I definitely got to show them the multicultural food that we have here in the city. Um, but usually it's late at night. So um, sometimes stuff isn't open unless they're staying an extra day or two, then we'll probably mm. plan a food, food, you know, excursion after, uh, after that. But otherwise um, it'll probably be late night Chinese food or something like that. Okay. Um, but I heard the Chinese food, like our Chinese food is bomb. And when I have artists that come in from America and they compare Chinese food from America to, Canada apparently Canada has the the edge on that so I don't Where? know what's up I don't know what's up right like, I need to come visit I need to come see what's up <laughs> I, yeah I definitely love some good Chinese food man yeah so one of the people that I've you know I've I've spoken to is uh Matthew the drummer from Phony People and yep. and I've been friends with him on social media on Facebook and whatnot so I, uh, one time he was coming to Toronto they were going to tour uh, opening up for Caliuchis. I, I reached out to him and I said, okay, you're coming to Toronto. We definitely have to say hi and, and link up and whatnot. So, you know, that ended up 
um, happening. And he introduced me to Cali and it was like, Hey, uh, Cali, I want you to meet somebody. And I'm like, wait a second. You, you, you want me? No, I want to meet her. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> let's, you know? let's not get crazy here. <laughs> let's not get crazy here. <laughs> but you know, um, you know, it was all love. And even with everyone in the crew, um, they visited Toronto numerous times and I've been able to link up with them, you know, grab some food, um you know they rented out a condo one time and they love their nintendo switch so they're playing tetris and um you know we've we've gone through an excursion to grab that food and they've played you know demos in my car yeah you were telling you were talking about the uh the the um the um fucking around demo yes yeah so that track uh the cool thing about that was that i heard it I guess before, I mean, I'm sure other people have heard it before it came out, but I was one of those privileged people where it was, um, it was rattling through my car and a taxi just, you know, scooted up right beside us because our windows were down and he was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. So like you passed the test with your demo, like, you know, (laughs) I think they like it. I think they like it, but it's Megan the Stallion is the one that's currently on that's released. And what I heard in my, um, in my car was a version with jazzy j on it which is matthew's dad so well, you told me that blew my mind yeah I, yeah I so i did that was jazzy just son oh oh we're froze okay yeah, i think we're back now gotcha. there we go <laughs> uh so yeah so um i heard that track and i said wow this is so funky and upbeat but then when they actually released it and they said megan the stallion i was like oh wait it changed but I knew the original um, on that, so that was that was really really cool. It was very funky, and it was wild. Still, it, still is funky. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a great track. It's a great track with Meg the Stallion. And I mean, I, I remember when I first saw it. I mean, I might have even been in the car with my wife, and I was just looked at. I was like, "Funny people in Meg the Stallion." Like that's just like some parallel shit, but it meshed yeah. so well. Mm-hmm. I was really happy with it. You know, Phony People, one of my favorite bands. So definitely shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, shout out to the shout out to the uh, to the bass player, the guy with the the the, the ball guy with the beard. I got a picture of him at a concert one time. Omar Omar Grant, yeah. <laughs> really cool guy. I'm really you know best up not knowing not knowing your name. You're definitely not gonna give you an interview now. But anyways, <laughs> moving forward. So 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 you know, I remember you were um you were explaining just the um the process of actually being a horn player and you know that you can get reached out to at any given time mm-hmm. with random projects and not even know what they're for not even know if you're ever going to hear it sometimes even hearing your stuff without even knowing that it was out there oh yeah sometimes that happens yeah so how, how does it feel when you just like because you you have such a such a catalog of music i mean i'm pretty sure there's stuff that you've laid down that you haven't heard since so it's like yeah, how does there's, it... there's yeah there's a track i did with uh um it was not who produced it and it featured uh BJ's a Chicago kid on the hook and Rick Gonzalez on the track. And I remember posting that on, on Instagram that I, so it's not really a secret. I mean, I posted it, but it, you know, I was working on the track. Hasn't come out yet. It's still in the vault. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's up with that, but yeah, I've worked on stuff where um, it's sitting in the vault it, and it, it's frustrating in the sense that it, you know, it's good and it should be out, but yeah, for whatever reason it is, it's, it's stuck there and you only hope that it sees the light of day in the future. So, I mean, you know, play the patience game and, just chill on it but for the most part um i do get hit up to do horn arrangements for other people but i also do my own knocking on people's doors and and mentioning that i do play trumpet especially if they come to toronto and i I want to work with them you know over the meal or after the meal we you know discuss stuff and whatnot or 
you know some of them already know that i play but i just be like okay so just to let you know i do i do my thing call me up and and later on they call me yeah years after yeah, so, but say yeah, you said yeah, years after. Yeah. Can you can you explain to me? Well, uh, tell me about one of those. Uh, like it took years to kind of build that. that one of them, yeah. So, uh, so Fonse, um, he he came to Toronto with uh, the Foreign Exchange in 2016. So yeah. they did this show, I think, in June or July or something like that. And after the show, um, I introduced myself and, and and said what up. But I also, I also had a homegirl who was like tight with with those guys because they um. Cause she used to do the promo for them and go on the road with them and all that stuff. Shout out to V rest in peace. Um, you know, she was going to introduce me, but I mean, I was going to do it anyway. Uh, so uh, I believe she introduced me or, or I did either way. I, I got in contact with Fonte and, you know, I, I told them that I was a fan. I had like copies of the records, like the albums um, for them to sign each, uh, each of the members of foreign exchange. And then, I asked Fonte, I was like, hey, Fonte, you hungry? Like, want to grab something to eat? And the first words that come out of his mouth was New Ho King. And I just start laughing because I'm like, okay, you haven't been to Toronto in seven years. <laughs> you know, you haven't been to Toronto. So, yeah, so he hasn't been to Toronto in seven years. So he was in, in 2016. And um, he said New Ho King as if he was like rubbing his hands and licking his fingers. He already knew what he wanted. I can't, I can't wait to get to Toronto to get some of that new old King. And, um, and I was with my friend um, King at the time, who is a, a big fan, a big fan uh, of uh, Fonte. So, you know, we, we, we went in our cars and we took members of the foreign exchange. So we had like Tamisha Wade and we had Carmen Rogers in the car. We had a vocal- Amazing. Yeah. Man. Yeah. We had a vocalist from Toronto join us, Sasha Williamson. Um, and then King and I, as well as Fonte, and we all had um, yeah. we all had Chinese food. We broke bread, and then um, afterwards, I told Fonte uh, that you know I play trumpet. If you ever need horns, like let me know. Um, if you ever need me, and he said, "Oh, word!" Like, yo, I love horns. Um, and so, what's your number? And so I gave him my number, um, and you know, and hoping he would give me a shout. I woke up the next day. I got a text saying. It was Fonte lock me in G and I said okay great like he's got me in his at least in his contact list That's crazy. And I'll be there yeah um and you know I I would I wouldn't like be texting him all the time or right now but if there were prominent things that would happen in his career like album releases like the Tigalero album with Eric Roberson Tigalero was amazing mm-hmm, or the um when there was word of the uh the, oh you talking about um it all no, the super group the super group Oh, him with um, Brian Fest and um, Black Thought and Black Thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I gave him a shout and I think I said something along the lines when I texted him. I said, yo, that group is going to be like the waiver It's going to be like the hot sauce that you sign with a waiver when you eat at a barbecue restaurant that if you die, it's not their fault. (laughs) And he started. He just started. But I feel also, that. Though. I feel uh, that. Though. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what happened to it. If it's still gonna happen, but um, yeah. So I reached out to him for that, and then birthdays, I would hit him up. Or, you know, happy birthday and all that stuff. And I would also interject here and there, like, you know, just to let you know if you need horns, let me know. Don't you know? forget. And so don't forget about me. And and then suddenly, um, twenty twenty. Uh, two days before Christmas, 2020, he reached out to me and um, sent me a text asking me if I was good. And he's on a deadline to get this track out. He can't spill the beans who it is, but could you 
could you record some horns tonight? Because I got to turn it in. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. I dropped everything that I was doing because I think I was working on that Christmas song that I ended up eventually just scrapping just because I was I had to be invested in this thing yeah. and, and get it done. Right. So, you know, I had two phone calls with him just to see, you know, if I was in the right direction because I sent him the preview like, oh, you like that? And then the last thing he said was like, OK, right, complete the triad of the angle. You're done. And I was like, OK, cool. But he gave me an instrumental which sounded like something that came from Focus. And I actually told him, I'm like, did Focus produce this? He's like, it sounds like it, doesn't it? But it's not. And I was like, okay. But he wouldn't tell me. He just kept it all secret. Oh, you talking, talking about the same Focus? Focus, three dots, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, gotcha. so, I, so I thought the track was produced by, but it really, later on, I, I end up finding it's Romderful who produced it. Who's currently, uh, I think he's from the UK, but he currently is situated now in, in Korea. Okay. Uh, yeah, with his girl. So shout out to Romderful um and yeah um you know and then i didn't hear from him afterwards and then you know nearing nearing the release date you know he sent me a text about the business you know interscope's gonna hit you up with uh with the paperwork and i said oh dope like and he still won't tell me who it is <laughs> and and then finally um on the release date i think it was october 4 i think it was october 4 and the, the day the world ended yeah, so all the all the <laughs> socials went down. WhatsApp was gone, you know. Instagram was Facebook. down. Facebook was down, but Twitter was still functional. Yeah. Um, and when they released it, uh, first of all, I was I was at work, well, at home. I'm working from home, and I was playing the album because I heard that the the loot album was a highly anticipated um, album, and people were looking forward to it. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna listen to it. I didn't know it was gonna be on it, and then I heard Amen featuring little brother and then i said wait a second this sounds familiar but my horns weren't on it so i had to fast forward through the track i'm like are my horns here are my horns here like, oh my goodness and they're on the hook and i could hear them i was like whoa and then i text fonte real like right after i was like yo why didn't you tell me that you know what's up like and then but meanwhile he actually did tweet like hours before they you know officially said that it was and he tagged me on the the tweet saying you know swanky swagger on the horns on on twitter um, but the thing is like, I don't have notifications on my phone when it comes to social media, just because like, you know, if it's I'll, a lot. I'll, it's a lot. I'll check social media when I need to, um, if you reach out to me, I, I check it more often than not. You're but, strong. Um, <laughs> I wish but I, I could get to that point, <laughs> but I'm like, but I don't need, I don't need my phone blow up. Cause it's like, you know, I've got avenues of, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like those can all, you know, go yeah. off and drain my battery, you know, and I, so, you know, I just, uh, you know, I just keep it, you know, no, no notifications except text messages. And, um, and I just check my socials whenever, but yeah, I saw him, he, he mentioned me. So it's not like he didn't tell me. Um, so he did tell me, <laughs> try to try to give you a little pre, little pre but, uh, but I, but I didn't hear about it until after when I heard it, then I went back and I said, Oh, so he did tweet me. I just never got a notification because my notifications are on. Right. And, and the, the cool thing about Fonte is that he's a really stand up guy. Like he really cares about, um, you know the craft and and he reached out to me too to ask me like you know because i i played more than what was supposed to be on the track mm. but then but then he reached out to me and said so how do you like how i moved it around because he had to sequence it because he didn't keep everything on there and he asked me how i felt about it and he's like i tried to do it in the most respectful way possible to keep i said you know what that's you know i obviously wish there were more horns on it but at the same time too i said you gave me an instrumental at the time so i don't have a basis or a reference yeah. so the so the fact that you gave me um this track and i just played whatever and then you turned it into what its final destination was 
Um, obviously, I, I said, you know, you, you saw more and you had more reference to where to put things and whatnot. So, I mean, I respect you for that. But like he checked in with me to say, you know, how do you feel about it? And, you know, and he, he came correct with the business and everything. Him and Pooh, like really, mm-hmm. really cool people about that. And yeah. And, you know, and then and then he you definitely and, did a great job. sequencing thank you, that man. album. Appreciate yeah, you, you did. You did amazing on the on the horns and. And that, I mean, so it's like once you once you hear things like that, it really, I mean, let's just move on to the next one. I have to bring this one up because this is one of this 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 track right here. When I tell you, there's not too much I'm gonna talk about specifically about the track and things that happen while the track is playing. However, I think you know what what track I'm talking about. This is Sir. I that's so, why yeah. I love you, man. Mm-hmm. That track right there. That it, that it, for one, you know, shout out to Sir, amazing artist. Shout out to TDE doing really big things. But but honestly, it's like I can't imagine that song without the horns. I like I'm pretty sure I remember driving down the street, about to get into a wreck as the horns come on, like you know, saying like not holding the wheel and shit. So it's like, (laughs) how was it? How was it working on that on that uh, that song? And how did that come to play? So I was I was working, you know, my regular job, and I got a text from a producer named Lord Quest, who is a, a product of us. Um, but he's traveling all around now. He'll be in California or, you know, he'll be in LA or, or he's working. He's from a city called Brampton, which is also near Toronto. Okay. Um, and he reached out to me and said, Hey man, I need you in the studio uh, for this track. And I said, okay, well I have work the next day so I can come the next day after that, because apparently sir sent him this. Um, oh no, he, he sent the the instrumental to sir, I think on a, on a Thursday and then got it back on a Friday and then, and it was done and it was, and it was him doing all of it. So there was no Claudia, Sabrina, Claudia, Claudia, Sabrina, Claudio at the time, it was just him singing everything. So I, I don't know what else happened after that. And then, um, so he, he reached out to me on a Saturday and I was like, okay, well I have work so I can come on the Sunday. And then we ended up, just recording so he sent me the track and it you know i heard it and i was like man this is this is heavy yeah um and then i i just put the horns on it like we figured out where to put stuff in and i said okay i played some stuff it's like okay yeah, yeah do that like you know because that's sort of like the process that i i, I do with quest and, and with most producers if i'm in the studio with them we kind of bounce mm-hmm. ideas where you know i'll hum stuff and they'll be like yeah yeah okay do that or like they'll hum something out and then i i'll play it Gotcha. Um, so you know, that's what I was gonna ask is like, how how do you choose where to actually put the horns in all? Because I mean, that's one part. You know, I'm I'm in school right now for for audio production, and you know, one of those things being like an arranger or something like that, learning how to place those horns there, how to place the drums there, how to place the you know, saying that the wind chimes, little things in songs that we don't even fucking notice, but it's just like holy shit, if that wasn't there, it would change the whole sound of the song. Yeah, it's to me, I like I. Fu- I see myself as the person who adds the spices at the end to, you know, to, to mm. add that pizzazz, to add that flavor, right? like because that. otherwise it'll be dope without horns. It'll, but it'll be doper with horns. Right. So For I'm sure. that, so I'm that person that adds that little extra flavor to it that, you know, um, that will accentuate and augment the track. And, okay. and, and then when I'm listening to, you know, where the vocals are, I don't want to overstep on the vocal so depending on what they're singing or what they're doing i might play in unison i might do a counter melody i might you know do something but like i need like i 
when I'm working with producers, I, I always ask them, you know, if there's vocals first, if they don't provide me the vocals, then I'll do what I think mm -hmm. would be best for the track. But if they had the vocals on it, it'd be a lot more better because like I could plan my attack as to, you know, when the hook is, how I'm going to play the hook. If they sing something, I might do something different so that, you know, I either complement it or I go the different direction to make it yeah. sound, you know, unique or whatnot. But again, um, I do like having the vo vocals on there to... Uh, figure out where to interject but if there isn't then i just you know think the sound is going to be like that and then more often than that um it's there and it doesn't move sometimes it'll move because they you know obviously i don't have a reference and might have yeah. been stepping over something so they'll move it somewhere else or they might delete it altogether depending that's why i play a good i, I try to play a lot if i don't try have any reference. options yeah exactly to chop it up and move it around or and whatnot yeah Okay, that makes that makes perfect sense. I mean, I think it's better it's better to give somebody options so they can still have you there versus give them like either it's this or it's not, and then you end up just not being on the track. I mean, that, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Because like if you're in the studio, at least you know exactly what they want. But when they give it to me and I'm doing it in my studio, I'm kind of just like blindly reaching out, like, mm -hmm. okay, where 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 do I think is gonna be here? Oh, it sound looks good here, and then I'm gonna add stuff there, and you know, that's, I'll, that's I'll the way to put it. Yeah. You never, you never know how it's going to be taken. What you actually send it back, and exactly, yeah, for sure. Okay, all right. So it's something that you know is kind of switching gears a little bit. You know, something that, of course, all of us um, have been dealing with, and other things that are just going to continue to go on. This is within this world. Um, as you know, things have just been so different with everything these last couple of years with the mm -hmm. pandemic and looking like it's going to continue to be a little different because, you know, there's a lot of things happening with, uh, you know, uh, wars and potential world wars and all this uh, different, you know, jazz like that. So yep. essentially, um, this is a part where I kind of talk about mental health and just mm -hmm. talk about, you know, ways that um, how how you kind of deal with the, the the way of the world right now, essentially, in the way it's going. I think, um, you know, music has helped a great deal for that, right? With the pandemic and whatnot, because the physical aspect of, of the music, which is going to concerts and meeting up with people, going to other people's studios and all that stuff, that, that kind of just all stopped, right? Mm -hmm. And with concerts, to, I use that as a way to um, draw inspiration, you know, uh, hear things live, as opposed to like compare like what, they, what they're doing live as opposed to the album, because it's I want to hear, yeah. I want to hear a different, uh, like a different thing. Like otherwise, I won't, I'll listen to the album, right? But with a live thing, especially if they have a music director, you know, they change things up. They'll change, they'll put chords and stops and breaks and things. I want to hear that. That stuff excites me. It does. It's it's crazy. Once you hear a live show, you just you never want to go. Well, not to say you never want to go back, but it's mm -hmm. hard to go back to unlive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I also use that to be able to facilitate facilitate communication with um with these artists right to link up to grab food break bread talk about music maybe even pick their brain if, if i'm if i'm hanging so uh, that all stopped right and so it was very very difficult um in the sense that i couldn't do any of that stuff the silver lining with that is that it helped me buckle down to work on more stuff because i i was getting calls to do stuff in the uk like there's shout out to at jazz he's a producer really dope legendary producer in the uk mm -hmm. who's worked with a lot of people and i think he also used to do like the video game soundtracks for stuff so like i think he worked on the tomb raider like a while back with the computer game or video game Word, or whatnot. Yeah. yeah like he was working working those things right like doing music and whatnot but he's an accomplished producer and through another producer named clyde who i worked with like 10 years ago um 
who ended up calling me to revive a track that we worked on 10 years ago. And I was rapping and playing the trumpet on a track. Oh, hold on, hold on. Don't tell me about the name of the track. It's a, it's, you told me, is it I Quit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Quit. Yeah, so the premise behind it is, um, you know, a, a disgruntled employee giving their two weeks notice to a manager and whatnot. This was like old, old stuff. Like, so it doesn't you, reflect you, what's happening now with me. I'm cool. You still remember but, some bars? uh yeah i i know something like i mean all right listen i'm only gonna take some of your time i know the time is money so i'll maximize it in rhyme i'm giving you my two weeks notice listen and focus i'll only say this once so you know this why is this company so as cheap i invent this out now before i didn't see your peep i used to be compliant with all the rules and regulations, and chop my nuts, and I don't like castrations. I bust my ass working in the shitty ass. Yeah, I just don't want to curse. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yo, I'm, yo, I'm, hey. I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to keep it clean. Um, but yeah, but I, do, right I, 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 do, I do. I do. I do curse on that track. But um, so so. Uh, <laughs> not. I'm not proud of it, mom. I swear, I'm not proud of it. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, that track ended up getting revived. I think they're still using the old vocals that I had back in the day and then they put new production to it because there was production on it before mm -hmm. and then i heard the, the horn arrangement for it and i'm like man these horn arrangement is this horn arrangement's whack like I, I hate this i'm like i'm gonna redo it so i ended up re-recording it and whatnot yeah. um and then i did some other stuff with him because he's he's ready to put out a second album a follow-up to hyper reality his name is clyde by the way um and i guess uh he played some of the stuff that i worked on for his album with the label head uh Martin Iveson, aka At Jazz for At Jazz Record Company. So he owns the label as well. And then he tells me, um, can I reach out to, can I get him to reach out to you? I said, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a fan of his work. Like, yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> of course he can reach out to me. And the first project we worked on was Sea Line Woman, um, which is a uh, cover of, of a Nina Simone track. And, you know, they got the rights. Yeah. To be able to do the the cover, and it features Dominique Fizame of uh, Montreal to do the vocals of it. She's a Juno uh, award I'm gonna, I'm winner. Gonna check that out. Yeah, she's a Juno award winning um, vocalist, and I guess that was my test to see if I could be part of the you know the At Jazz Record Company family. And when I turned it in, I got the yeah welcome to the family sort of deal. Like I'm gonna be calling you for more trumpet. If you ever need, so I've been working on at Jess's forthcoming album, doing horns on that, and wow. it's got a lot of dope features on it. That's like the Avengers just assembled, and it's really really that's cool, man. Crazy. Yeah, it's really really cool, and um, and 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 that's the thing that helped me through the pandemics, like getting projects like that. Because if I didn't have that kind of music to work on, I think I'd be in a very dark place. Mm -hmm. So so it really helped with um you know, um, keeping me, you know, in a positive light, um, working with great people. You know, I, I got a chance to work with Six John and Brian McKnight as well. That happened in 2020 pandemic, yeah. you know, that was super cool. And that took eight years in the making because um, I reached out to him like eight years prior. And then, you know, it just, and then it happened where I wasn't really trying to do that track, but like, I just commented on like, you know, I can't wait to hear the final product. He's like, do you want to be on, you know, you think you can play on it? And I said, yeah <laughs> like i couldn't be like yeah yeah send it send it send it um have you have you ever been nervous that like, has, has somebody ever sent you a track and you've been like man like i don't know you know no, i think i think it's more like i don't know in the sense that like i might not 
it might not grab me right away with inspiration mm. to, to, to work on it, but I've never backed out of, you know, I, I don't normally like to back out of tracks, like depending on it. Sometimes I'm too busy with other work. So people hit me up and unfortunately I haven't gotten back to them. And, you know, I, I apologize. I'm not trying to snub. Sure. Like, I mean, I mean, it happens to everyone. It, it happens to me as well, where, you know, I'm going to work with somebody and they say, you know, cool, but never had a chance to happen. Like just cause, um, you know, they're busy and whatnot. Right. Like I've reached out to Raheem Devon and Kevin Ross and they said, yeah, yeah, that, like definitely I need some horns. Like, or like Kevin said, like, you know, I might need you in the future for sure. And, uh, Raheem was like, okay, yeah, send me an email, you know, show yeah. me what you got and all that stuff. So, um, you know, it's just time constraints sometimes. And and I, I have a motto where I say um, it might be right, just not a right now moment. And a mm. lot of the stuff has circled through where, you know, I, you know, I did it maybe four years, eight years, 10 years ago. And then suddenly it comes back to me where I'm actually finally working with them. And I thought, and I think it's a blessing, right? And again, pandemic stuff that helped with with getting through the blues um mm. and all that and you know war right now uh you know all you could do is just pray and hope that things get better in this world and you know uh i know music is still keeping me up there and working on sure. some really exciting stuff trying to get into you know tv like music for tv and whatnot yeah. so i'm working on something with the producer hoping it'll get their fingers crossed um where do you, where do you think you get that from as far as that 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 drive that perseverance the you know just the, the grit to keep going like where do you think that comes from I think it's just the love of the music like just being being in love with doing what you do and loving what you do because uh, the music business can be terrible it's a terrible place there's there's monsters under under the cracks and you, you mm. don't know man they're they're out there and um, if it wasn't for my love for the game i would have probably quit a long long time ago just because mm. i've had unsavory stuff happen to me business-wise in the past and you know anybody else would have been like all right forget this i'm, I'm done but yeah. you know I, I took it in stride and i said to myself you know what well i um i'll learn from it definitely won't be working with them again but then use the kind of discography that i've garnished garnered i mean mm. <laughs> from them garnished garnered <laughs> uh garnered from them and you know just display to, to prospective artists that want to work with me. And, you know, I've done this with, you know, people. I might not yeah. be, you know, I might not promote it as much as I do with the other stuff just because, you know, I don't want to do any more business with them. But, and that's the thing. It's like, regardless of what happens, just try not to burn bridges because it all comes mm. back to you anyways. Because even if you don't want to work with them, you know, don't be, don't be out there trying to disturb the peace. Just, yeah. just, let, just let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've, I've, <laughs> I've been, you know, I've been, I'm very new to the industry, even if I will be considered part of the industry at all. But I'm very new to even learning it and getting around it. Mm-hmm. And I've even recently been kind of, you know, noticing little things that, you know, very easily and very quickly, things can go left, things can go just a way that you can kind of get away from. And sometimes just association in itself mm-hmm. is, um, is you know, can be detrimental. So I can definitely, you know, saying understand the need of staying clean, you know, essentially. And I think that's the biggest, you know, especially with, you know, dealing with hip hop, you know, as a genre by itself. Unfortunately, hip hop breeds a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Um, you know, you I know, think it's just, the worst business to be in is unfortunately hip hop. I love hip hop, but yeah, sometimes the business doesn't go the way it's supposed to be. And I won't get into detail with it, but it just 
sometimes it doesn't pan out right. You know, you know, you don't get your royalties, you don't get mm. your credits, and sometimes you got to fight for your credits and stuff like that. But like I said, um, you know, you learn from it, you add it to your discography so that you can fatten up your resume and then move forward with it and flex what you've got with others and yeah. show them that you people and, and whatnot, right? So, yeah. And that's one thing I, I appreciated that, you know, when we had talked offline and something that you had said that really stuck with me because, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, sometimes it's okay to pop your shit. It's okay to, you know, say if, you, if you're good at what you do, it's okay to, to talk about that you're good at what you do. You earned that right in respect mm-hmm. to do it. Um, I and I think so. With, with with what you're saying, as far as you know, your resume and the thing that you've worked on is that you maintain a level of humbleness, even though I feel like the musicians, you know, historically probably have more of a right in my mind to be walking around with their chest poked out because unless I, you know, unless I play this motherfucker, excuse me, unless I play this beat. <laughs> nothing is going to happen you can sit out here and sing acapella all you want to and people mm-hmm. are going to take that for as long as they want to but until this band starts to play you know what i'm saying but at one point in time the band was the show yeah. so you know that's one that's the reason why i really wanted to have you on here as a musician and then we'll definitely keep going with it with more musicians is because you know y'all have so many different stories you know we you know the y'all you you told me like i said you told me a couple stories that, you know we won't break up but it's just like stories that is just like only a musician will be able to see that or be able to even remember that because you're coming yeah, from it from a different lens. Yeah. yeah, and it's like it's I don't mind, like I said, I don't mind being behind the scenes as long as I get my credit where it's due and you know the money's right and whatnot. Um, but also music that I want to work on, right? Like, mm. You know, there there's stuff where I've gotten stuff and I'm like, I don't want to work on it. And I did work on it regardless. Um, you know, you're gonna need to get paid as well but at yeah. the same time too there are those that you know I've, I've worked on and i gladly embraced it and turned it in real quick because a i knew the opportunity would be gone if i don't do it and at the same time too i also the inspiration hits me and you know like i've worked with a track called gray poupon um with this uh producer named eloquent and that took like two days like two days i gave him a whole entire arrangement and he was just freaking out on twitter like yo what is this thing that you sent me and it kind of garnered the word of mouth because I got a lot of word of mouth too with what I've done. And so it led me to other um, opportunities yeah. as well as me being able to showcase that track that I've done with other people to see that, you know, I, I could do horn arrangements and whatnot. And, you know, and I'm doing string arrangements too. Uh, shout out to my homegirl, uh, Tina Saul, who's a violinist who I, I work with closely now. I Makes met her at a, yeah, I met her at a Joyner Lucas concert. And uh, at the time, I didn't know that she was a violinist until, you know, I I think she liked one of my photos or one of her photos showed up in my Instagram. And, re- you know, I reached out and said, yo, you play violin? Like, I saw you at that show because she's a she's a really dope artist, too. Like she she paints and she draws and whatnot. And she presented Joyner with this dollar bill and his face on it. And it was just like, and it had like, you know, it looked like a dollar bill, but it had his face on it all drawn out and whatnot and presented it to him. And then Joyner was like, man, this is dope. Like, what's your Instagram? I'm going to follow you. And so, That's crazy. Uh, you know, followed her. And I was like, oh, I'm like, I remember you. And, and then I found out she, she does violence. So I, I uh, you know, I work with her uh, with string arrangements. Like I, I co-arrange and, you know, add additional arrangements through her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we do FaceTime sessions because she's all the way in Ottawa. She's like, 
I don't know how far is it, like three, four hours away, I guess. Three, okay. four hours away. So she's she's out there. But we keep in contact through FaceTime sessions and we just, you know, we pop the track and then I start humming stuff and then she'll she'll put ideas in, we put it all together and mm. we do our horn arrangements that way. I'm uh, sorry, uh string arrangements that way. And then I accompany it with the horns and whatnot. So just make a orchestral thing almost, right? Because like okay. it is it all it all meshes together essentially. Yeah, because I'm a fan of Larry Gold and uh, Miguel Atwood Ferguson, who are dope uh, string arrangers. So Larry Gold does, he's from Philly and he's done stuff um, for a lot of really dope cats. And he did the strings for, uh, I think, Kanye's Flashing Lights. He did that for sure. Oh, um, on top of other things, he does, he's done Justin Timberlake, I believe, and, and other stuff. And then Miguel Atwood Ferguson, you know, the Thundercat and kamasi washington and all sorts of anderson pack like this guy is really really cool and i actually nudged her i'm like yo take a lesson from uh, miguel i think she he was offering like a free lesson to whoever wanted it and she had the lesson with him so i said yeah and that's dope yeah to learn learning that that's the best opportunity especially under somebody like a great like that you got to take all the (laughs) all the opportunities energy that you can man Take so, nuggets, yeah. So, who are some people that you look forward to working with, even if it, even if it's in play or it's not in play? Some people that you've reached out to, maybe not even have reached out to yet. Like, if you can give me uh, three people that you right. look forward to working with. Um, well, I definitely want to work with D Mile. He's a dope producer um, who's done a lot of work with Lucky Day. Uh, did the mm. Sonic stuff. Uh, Joyce Rice um, did the Mary, the new Mary J something with Mary J. Oh, oh yeah, Good Morning Gorgeous. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, really, really dope producer. I definitely want to work with him. I want to work with yeah. I want to work with Joyce Rice. Um, she's yep. really cool. I like her vibe. Her album is really dope. Um, is really dope. Not was is. <laughs> um, man. Uh, yeah, phony people probably. Definitely want to work with them as well. Man, you you on the phony people track? Like, man, that, that, that'll, that'll be, be fun. That'll, that'll be crazy. That'll be really. That'll be that'll really be really crazy. Yeah, like, that's man. a very that's a very small list of people that I want to work with. But yeah, I've reached yeah. out to to many people. Jazzy Jeff, I want to work with him as well for sure. Um, you know, I have his number. I've, I've messaged him. I'm like, yo, let's work. You know, that's wild. That he was like, I got Jazzy Jeff. I got Jazzy Jeff's number. It's fine. You know, no, I'm, I'm in a group chat with him and Fonte. We just do our thing. You know. Yeah. No. No. I, it's <laughs> it's really cool because I was working on a, a track in for a Detroit cat named Supercane, and um, Ice Pick is the producer. And Ice Pick uh, presented a preview of it, and I, I reposted it, and it was on my socials. And 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 Jeff liked it. Um, I was like, Jeffrey Towns liked your thing. I was like, oh. Okay, well, um, so when I linked up with him at a rosé party in Toronto, I saw him at the, you know, I linked up with him at the DJ booth after the show, and yeah, and I told him, hey, you liked one of the tracks that I worked on, like, do you want to hear the, fi- I can send you the final version if you want me to. He's like, yeah, sure, and I was like, okay, hit me with your contact. So I gave him my phone, and I thought he was going to give me his email address, but then he also put his phone number, and so I was like, wow, this is cool, like, I have this legend's phone good. number, like, you know, do you know, do not use in, in case of it's an emergency. <laughs> exactly you know? right. Um, do not call me all the time. Yeah, but I, no, but I hit him up for you know happy birthdays and all that stuff. For sure. Like or like when he was in Toronto during my birthday, we never got a chance to link because um, things got hectic. But you know, I was in contact with him and I said, mm-hmm. he's like, "Man, sorry I couldn't link with you." Da, 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 but happy birthday, man! I was like, "Yo, thank you, man." Like, that's that's awesome, man. That's, that's just like having like you know somebody perform at your party in my in my mind. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, just getting a text message from. To me, it's like it's still 
sometimes it's mind blowing. And sometimes I'm still in awe that, you know, Mm -hmm. these people that I listen to that I'm fans of, and I get to, you know, call them a friend. It, I think this is just like really, really dope. Right? Like I yeah. meet so many people through other people, like, um, you know, uh, through jazz festivals, like I make friends with musicians, like shout out to my boy, Bernice Travis, who plays bass for Robert Glasper, but he also plays for Common for like August Green and all that Robert stuff. Glasper. And yeah, he introduced me to Common. I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of your work. Like you signed my <laughs> CD. Like I didn't know what else to say. Like I, I didn't, I didn't want to look foolish, right? Because the only time I was tongue tied and I think BJ, the Chicago kid, thought I was a weirdo. <laughs> was, yeah, was him. So he, I got tongue-tied in a sense where, you know, because I had my iPod at the time with um, with headphones. I said, like, do you remember this track? And I, I played it to him, the one that I did with Knots and whatnot. And I said, he's like, yeah, I remember this. And I said, okay, yeah. Well, if you never, ever need horns on anything else, like, let me know. And he said, man, you know, I have a horn player. And if I... Uh, if I outsource another, you know, he'll kill me or <laughs> something like that, yeah, right? So yeah. Something to that effect. Loyalty, so, for sure. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I understand. But I'm like, you know. I, you but know, just get change your mind. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to shoot your shot, right? You, yeah, for sure. You, and, and, you know, it's – and, again, I'm going up as a colleague, you know, trying to offer what I think would be best on the table for them, mm-hmm. you know, put my best foot forward. You ever need horns? Play trumpet? That's so, like the deal, yeah. So tell me if so 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 kind of rounding this all together, if you had a message, if you had an opportunity to get a message to everybody in the world, what would it say? Uh I'm not trying to be cliche, but you know, just follow what you want to do, follow your dreams. Um, you know, I I actually didn't think I would get into a situation where I'd be doing all these things. I think it was just a product of hard work and mm-hmm. net, networking and being on the grind, like you know, if, if I got turned down trying to contact somebody or if I didn't hear from anybody, it wasn't enough to discourage me and say, you know, oh man, nobody likes me or whatnot. You just keep moving forward. And the thing is, like I said, it might circle later on that you'll be working with them, right? So that's why be be good. Like people are watching despite the fact that um, you think nobody's watching. People are watching mm. what you do. So you got to be careful what you post on social media. Like I'm very silly when it comes to social media in terms of when I post on my stories and whatnot. But you know, I, I don't try to fan people, you know, I stay away from controversial, controversial stuff and just, yeah. you know, um, just sip and sip your tea and just, just, just observe, but, you know, try not to get into beef with other people, with trolls and whatnot. Like, f- fortunately, I'm like, I, I don't get any trolls like that. I'm not that famous. So I'm not, <laughs> I don't, I don't get trolled around, but what I'm just saying, like, you know, stuff's out there on the internet and, you know, if you want to jump in mm-hmm. and cause a ruckus, it's like, just be good and, um, you know, maintain that high level of professionalism out there. You know, I like to, you know, make light of things and joke around, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm not trying to, you know, insult or, you know, anybody or whatnot. So for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hey, definitely, man. Hey, I, once again, man, I appreciate you coming on to the show, man. It's been dope conversation. Like I said, there's so many more stories, so many more things. And I actually think that we do need to catch you come back for a part two and just have, you know, some more conversations as far as, you know, say some of like, you know, uh, some experience that you've had, you know, you said you were, you know, you've had some like jam sessions with some, with some people you've had just been able to have really dope interactions with artists. And yeah. um, I definitely want to talk more about it, man. But like I said, I really appreciate you coming on, man. It's been amazing insight. Um, 
super talented man. Like I said, I'm gonna shoot you a text. I feel like I'm the guy who has the greats in my phone now because I can be like, yo, I'm about to shoot Octavio a text. Tell him <laughs> it's not his yeah. birthday, but I'm gonna tell him happy birthday. <laughs> just just so I can stay relevant, man. Because yo, you September you're five, really y'all. September five. That's the <laughs> for sure, for sure, man. You, you're a dope dude, man. Like I said, I really appreciate you coming on again. I appreciate um, it. please plug yourself and let everybody know where they can follow you and find your music. Uh so you can find my music. Um, my Instagram is Swanky Swagger, so you can find me S W A N K Y S W A G E R. And fun fact, my my nickname is Swanky, um, and I found out about that word through Lupe Fiasco. I was and just it, about to say, was Lupe talking about you? Because he used to be like Swanky. Swanky. I remember that. I heard. Yeah. I heard that. I heard him say that, and I think it just stuck with me, and then it became my nickname. So. Um, Man, people don't I'm, normally call me Octavia. They call me like close people. They call me Swanky. Um, okay. Like, you know, like, like people that I like, I play with a, a trio um, with Ice the One and Hey Bombay. Those are my, those are my peoples. And you know, they, they call me Swanky. And we, she's got an album called Monstar. And, and I did all the horn arrangements for that and produced by Hey Bombay. So, you know, I definitely want to plug them in because they're, they're my peoples in Toronto. Um, for sure. And we make, we make music. Very well. Already, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm listening, man. I'm so glad you said that because I almost forgot and I meant to ask you the other day when we talked, but I'm a huge Lupe fan and literally like every time I heard it say Swanky, Swanky, yeah. and I literally, you know, from years ago, from right, so when I saw your name, I was researching this stuff, I was like, I wonder if that's him. Like, yeah. I wonder if that's who Lupe was talking about. No, but but yeah. I have been talking with Soundtrack, his producer. Yeah. Um, he's a fellow Filipino. Um. It was like uh, early pandemic, him and I had a conversation on the phone because I reached out to him. And then later on, again, don't hear anything from anybody. I don't take it personally. Then he hits me up and messages me saying, hey, let's let's link up. Here's my number. And then we had a Man. lengthy conversation, talked about life, uh, life with about COVID and all that stuff. And then um, I've got uh, yeah, I'm doing some stuff with uh, with Tina in terms of like arranging some stuff no production so i'm sending him some samples that he can work mm -hmm. off of that we we worked on so um soon come i'm gonna reach out to him you just haven't had a chance to really lock in there but um and partly i think it's my fault because i should be sending him some stuff and i haven't had a chance to send anything but sure. um but you know uh yeah there's the lupe tie sort of like hoping in the future that you know i'm working on the new record that he's got Come hey, for sure, me. man. I'm hoping it for you, man. Like, I'm definitely gonna be hoping it for you, and I'm looking forward when, as soon as I see the album drop, I'm gonna be looking through the credits before I even listen to the album, and I'm be looking <laughs> out for you, bro. I'll post about it so you. you... Oh yeah, I'm gonna see. Check, check, check the uh, Swanky Swagger Instagram post first. I got anything. you, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, man. Once again, I appreciate you coming on to the show, man. It's been a pleasure, and thank you for everybody that has tapped into this episode. Another episode of the Country Family Podcast. As you see, I have the homie Swanky Swagger, aka Octavia and Santos. Probably said that backwards, but it's all right, man. Once again, thank you, and we'll talk, man. All right, peace.